this is another one where i just like love playing it live because it's so heavy and we like make it heavier live and just like fuzz it up welcome back to growing up punk the podcast about punk rock and all of its friends my name is david my friend aaron gonna be sitting down uh, with Andrew Eichinger of the band Seaway coming up in a few moments here. Going to be sharing his five favorite Seaway songs, of course. Seaway, uh, some pop punk boys from Ontario here in Canada. Uh, gotta love them. They actually, my, my quick story about Seaway, they have put on some of the most fun shows that I have ever been to, at least in recent years. You know, kind of going into when I was first introduced to the band, I was not so sure. I'm like, yeah, they're good. They're, they're a pop punk band. They're good. They do what they do. Uh, but then the first time I saw them live, they were actually opening for Neck Deep, and I was just blown away. Uh, these guys have fun on stage, a ton of fun at the show, and now every time they come through Edmonton where I live, uh, I got to make sure that I go see them. It's as simple as that. They kind of first stretched there before you know the pandemic and everything shut down. They were putting on you know like the yearly show that I would be excited about going and seeing as they would roll through and the bands that they would bring with them. So yeah, I'm excited to, uh, for you guys to hear this one. Uh, it's a fun one. They, uh, as I said, it's Andrew sharing his five favorite Seaway songs. Before we get into it, though, uh, just that house keeping stuff go follow us on our social medias at growing punk pod that's twitter and instagram you'll find links to our personal twitters and instagrams there as well and uh wherever you're listening to this leave a leave a positive review if you like the show uh if you're on apple Podcasts, leave five star or, or whatever you choose i guess uh, the reviews help the podcast to actually spread and uh other people to be able to hear it and get it recommended uh for other shows that are similar that kind of stuff so yeah go do that share it with your friends tell your friends about it all that fun stuff but uh, let's i'm gonna get out of here because i just want to get into this episode so let's listen to it it's aaron chatting with andrew eichinger of seaway about his five favorite seaway songs everything is cool man Let's start uh, with something fun. What was the the first punk album that impacted you and also the first live punk show that that you went to or that was impactful to you? Hmm. First uh, first punk album I mean for what I thought was like the most punk was when I was really young and it was just straight up take off your pants and jacket by blank like I thought that yeah, was for sure. like the most um punk rock thing <laughs> and um in terms of the show it was probably i saw like one of the first real concerts i actually went to was green day and newfound glory at oh, the awesome. at the acc here with like my dad um oh, right on which was yeah that was probably the first like real concert i had ever been to and then it wasn't until I started going to like local shows years later when like those were the real like my my real first punk shows. But the Green yeah. Day, the Green Day concert was definitely the first. Yeah. What year was that uh, Green Day show? I think it was the American Idiot Tour. So, okay. 
2004 yeah, was, maybe so kind of when they were like right you know at their peak at that time and you know, yeah yeah that's awesome a newfound glory yeah. opened that yeah and sugar cult <laughs> oh man love sugar cult that's awesome yeah. man kind of, a sick, lineup. kind of a sick tour yeah yeah so 2004 so what, what age would have you been then think it was 2004 i forget when that i forget exactly when that record came out but i would have been 12 wow man what a show to go to at that age. that's awesome yeah. that your dad your dad took you to that nonetheless i actually went with ken who's the drummer in our band and his dad and my dad okay did your dad stick around too or did they just drop you off oh yeah they they stayed um it might, it might have actually been earlier because I feel like we were pretty young, but it was it was the night of the election in the states when okay. Bush got elected. I think the first time. So I yeah. should know the, I should know the year, but <laughs> oh no, that's that was a while ago. But yeah, yeah, that's that's just an awesome introduction. That must have just blown you away in in lots of different ways, right? Just being exposed to you know some of the biggest bands you know at least at that time and and just being yeah. around that many people and i mean even that blink album like pretty yeah influential stuff yeah like i listened to it all of those bands before but going to that show i never even thought about like going to see a band i just like listened to them and skateboarded yeah. and that was it but like i guess actually probably seeing that show sparked a little bit um, and I just definitely just kept going to shows after that. Started going yeah. to local shows, and yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. Let's let's talk about that. Like, what was the music scene like for for Seaway when you guys were starting out? I know places like Oakville, you know, had a lot going on there, and you know, the early two thousands. But yeah. kind of how had it changed and progressed by the time you guys, you know, started to play around there? Yeah, like it didn't. I mean, when we were younger, Oakville and like. Burlington especially had a lot going on. Um, yeah. Like the first local shows that I went to um, with like the full blast and yeah, and just like heavy, heavy music as well. It was pretty big and in, in that area. But then by the time we started, there wasn't really, wasn't really that much going on. Um, we're still like YMCA shows and stuff in the first couple of years that we were around in Oakville and Burlington, but it kind of, just like fizzled out <laughs> um but it was fun at like right at the beginning like we would play at the ymca and we would book local shows in oakville uh burlington mississauga and it was it was really good for a while it seems like there it seemed like there were a bunch of bands kind of starting out um just after us or around us and the scene was pretty good yeah, well, that's awesome. So, I mean, we're kind of skipping, you know, how the band got together and, and all that. But, um, you know, like at what point did you know that Seaway, you know, was something worth pursuing? And kind of how did that progress? So you guys are, you know, playing shows around your area. And then kind of, you know, how did that progression happen? Was it we're just going to kind of see what happens? Or was this we want to make this, you know, a thing? Yeah, like a bit of a bit of both. Like, um summer of 2013 no not 2013 2014 2015 sorry summer of 2015 we uh just decided that we were gonna go tour the states like we hadn't really even toured canada we'd done like some weekend runs in ontario but we just decided we wanted to tour the states like it seemed like a lot was going on there with like pop punk and uh we had like made friends with some bands online and Adam, our bass player, like ended up booking like this little East coast run with um, a few of the guys in the other bands from the States. And we just went and did that and like had the, had the best time ever. And after that, like we started getting like noticed by labels and stuff. And then we signed and then we just kept getting offered tours and we're like, okay, well, I guess we'll just, we'll just, do this now because <laughs> yeah. we had all we had all gone to like university or college and uh some of us had finished some of us hadn't but we just we were like far enough along with that that we we're like let's let's just do this until we can't anymore and it, that's just kind of how it started and we just 
kept rolling with it. So how's it felt like it's been fairly easy then, would you say? Because I know for a lot of Canadian bands, especially, you know, breaking into the States, you know, can either, you know, it's kind of an instant thing and then they're just huge down there or, you know, like I've even heard of, you know, like Billy Talent and, you know, Lexus on Fire and some of those like huge bands that, you know, just didn't really break out down there. You know, they've done decent, but not, you know, like bands mm-hmm. like Simple Plan and Sum 41 and some other bands like that. So what was that like for you guys? Um, it was, it was, I think it's just based on the genre of music, especially that we were doing at that time. Like that whole genre was kind of had a really good scene in the States. So it was kind of like, we just need to go there because it's not Mm. really happening here. Um, and then, yeah, like, I mean, I really attribute it all back to that first tour where we just like decided to go ourselves and ended up going with some cool bands. Um, one of them knuckle puck who's like still around today and does really well. So, um, yeah, it was just like, it was, it wasn't easy. Um, none of it has really been easy. Right. But like in terms of doing well in the States, I would say, yeah, it was like, it was pretty smooth because I still think that we do better there than we do in Canada. Um, I'm not sure. Maybe it's like, cause some of those bands like Billy Talent and Alexa on fire, they're like huge here. Right. Um, right. We're, we're definitely not as big here as we are in the States. Yeah. So it's, it's a bit different. Well, what's, you know, interesting about a band like Seaway is you can you guys kind of only really know what it's like being a band in like the social media realm. Right. Yeah. And so I think, you know, that's such a huge thing, right? It doesn't take long for that to kind of spread and, you know, everybody can kind of see or hear about you right away, right? Mm. Your music's on the internet or, you know, you get a first album out. And so it's, yeah, you know, it's it's really cool kind of hearing just how that progressed and just the difference, the shift in the music scene and, you know. Yeah, and I feel like I feel like we were kind of at the tail end or we were kind of came up in like a weird area where like for us we had to book our own tours at the beginning and it was like a real like stepping stone process. Whereas now like a band can just come out and they just have like a full production album with like great music videos and they don't really have to like go through those steps. Um, I know a lot of bands still do, but definitely in like our, in our world, it doesn't really happen like that anymore. So like we're all definitely very grateful that we had to do it that way because those are like some of the best tours ever. Yeah. Before we started getting on the like, like bigger tours. It was, it was right. really fun. So how did uh, signing with Pure Noise Records come about? Like you said you were touring in the States and kind of getting traction that way. Is that kind of how they heard about you guys? And Yeah, like we had um we had signed with a different label called Mutant League Records out of Chicago. Yeah. And that's kind of like what started everything and why we wanted to go down there but then pure noise um i don't even remember like how we first got in touch with them but they they wanted to sign us and we had talked to a couple other labels like hopeless and stuff and pure noise is just like seemed like really really good people so we're hopeless but um and they like actually like bought us out of that first contract and okay signed with them yeah yeah, well, that's yeah. I think that's a great fit. You know, we we did a number of months ago. We did a series on record labels, and so we did one on Pure Noise, and, and we were just saying like how you know for how short of amount of time they've been around compared to some of the other iconic labels. Like it's it's crazy the roster and releases that they've been able to put out. You know, in the last five ten years, and so it's yeah, it's awesome for them. Yeah, they've done they've done really well, and I think it's a lot of it is because they're just like really good people. It's a small team and like you can call you can call up Jake who run, runs Pure Noise, you know? Yeah. Like it's it's very easy, very easy to communicate with them and yeah, and they just let us do kind of whatever we want, which is nice. So Yeah, well that's kind of the perfect situation. Yeah. Yeah. So it seemed like you guys, you know, started gaining traction, you know, pretty quickly after that, you know, that first album came out and what was your experience like with, you know, the exposure and gaining popularity, you know, did it seem kind of gradual or was it quicker? Like for me as an onlooker, it seemed like I was just seeing your name everywhere and all on all these awesome tours. And 
Um, well, what was it like from your, your viewpoint? Um, it was, yeah, it was, I mean, we were, we got on a lot of awesome tours pretty quickly, which was great, but we still didn't have like a ton of fans. Right. So we were still on, we were opening these tours playing in front of a bunch of fans that we didn't know, which was, which was really cool. Um, but like, it wasn't like we were just all of a sudden like massive or anything. Yeah, we, yeah, for sure. And we still aren't, but it was, it was definitely like really exciting to get all those tours, like with such great bands too. Um, yeah. Like what were some of those standout tours? Like the first, like the first big one that we did, or the biggest that we had done was with Bayside. Um, yeah. And that one, and census, it was Bayside, census fail, man overboard and us i believe oh, and that's awesome. that was that was just a really good tour for us because all those bands have been doing it for a long time yeah and so we definitely like learned learned a lot of lessons on like how to tour and how to be a real band from that yeah. um that's the one that always stands out for me as like a pivotal one for us mm. and uh I, you guys you guys did some touring with simple plan yeah, we did. Yeah, a couple of years ago, we did um, their anniversary tour, which was really, really cool because that was one of the first records that I got when I was a kid as well, right? So yeah, well, yeah, it was yeah. cool. We we did that, and we did um, we did a tour of Sum Forty One as well, right? Which was like both of those were kind of like a coming full circle moment for us. Yeah, well, I bet. Cool. I I remember specifically with a Sum Forty One. Uh, one seeing it posted and like immediately it was just like i bet seaway's opening and i kind of scroll down and it's like opening seaway and it was just like how is this band on like every <laughs> big tour that's being announced yeah. it was like you know just kind of crazy so yeah what was that like you know just was it pretty normal you just kind of went and did your thing or was there lots of adjusting you know to you know bigger venues and just you know it, it's kind of a whole different ball game right versus club touring yeah it was um it's fun like we had played some of those the same venues on like the bayside tour and some other tours um because they those were both in those were both still clubs but like on the bigger end right um so yeah we had done some stuff before that like thank goodness but it was it was just really cool to play like a lot of those shows sold out like they were they were packed every night and then just to like hear both of those because they were both like uh anniversary tours so yeah to hear those records like front to back from when we were kids it was it was it was really cool yeah that's awesome i actually just got to see some 41 live for the first time a couple of years ago they were touring with the offspring just kind of crazy. I mean, I've been listening to them, you know, for 20 years since I was in high school. And yeah. the first time, like, they're not a band that comes through Western Canada, mm-hmm. you know, a whole lot because they do so much international touring. So, yeah, that was awesome to finally get to, to see them play. Yeah, I had I had also never seen them until we toured with them, which is wild because they were, like, one of my favorite bands as a kid. Yeah. So. Yeah, I wanted to ask cool. about uh, you guys. You guys opened for uh, Blink for one show or something like that too uh we never actually did we were supposed to it was uh it was like a casino show in niagara okay we were supposed to and then it got got delayed because um i believe travis was having some like health issues and then it got rescheduled and then it just something else happened and it just got canceled oh, which was a kind of a bummer yeah that would have been cool just like really come full circle <laughs> yeah <laughs> well i'll wait for that day when i see that and i'll just be like of course they're opening for blink on that <laughs> that'd be sick i'd love it but... yeah the last thing i want to touch on concerning that is just overseeing overseas touring um, kind of how that impacted you guys and, you know, what was that like, you know, first kind of going that far away and what was the response like? That was like, that was amazing. Uh, going to the UK, we've done the UK a bunch and it's like my favorite place to go to play, like hands down. Um, I feel like we do better there than we do pretty much anywhere. So 
the first oh the first tour we did there was with a band called neck deep who are huge yeah. there now so that definitely really helped and then um we've gone back like five or six times and it's just always always really good especially like playing um slam dunk festival yeah those are always like the best shows for us hands down every time we go back it's like better and better and yeah those yeah, festivals those... are so stacked yeah we were, we were supposed to play this year and then it there was a bunch of complications yeah for sure it actually just happened but yeah like those going there was like really 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 fun for us um and like i can't wait to go back yeah awesome well hopefully it's sooner than later yeah yeah sweet well yeah let's get to uh some of these songs here so uh the first one will be from the album colorblind which was released on october 23rd 2015 so this was your first full length on pure noise you know what do you remember about the writing and recording of this album that whole process uh, it was it was really fun it was like the first like real record that we had done like we had done a full length before and a bunch of EPs, but it was like always kind of like we just booked the studio time and like rushed everything and tried to get everything done as quick as possible because we were paying for it. And um, this was like the first label, like real label um, experience yeah. with a record. And it was, it was really fun. We did it here in Toronto and did it with this guy named Jared Hoffman, who's uh, still a good friend of ours. And, uh actually alan day from four years strong came yeah. up and like co-produced it which was really awesome. cool we had met we had played some shows with them before um so yeah that whole process was great like just having like a month or six weeks or whatever it was just to be able to work on the record in the studio and not feel rushed and yeah it was really good and did you guys kind of hit the road after this and just started touring full-time like was everyone on board to just go at it yeah, that was like when we really started touring a lot and got a, a lot of those tours that we just talked about, like the Bayside one, that yeah. all happened like right after this. So, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, let's talk about the song Airhead that you picked. <laughs> Make me real 
your fingertips so I don't float away. Sometimes I think I'd rather be alive than dead. This, this song's been stuck in my head all day, and it's been driving me crazy. Even though I was <laughs> eating supper tonight, and I was just like, get out of my head. <laughs> Which is a good thing. So, yeah, yeah why? Well, go ahead. That one, like, uh, I yeah, like, when you asked me top five, like, I kind of tried to pick some of the ones that are my favorite to play live. Yeah, for sure. Um, and that one has always been, like, just one of my favorites to play live like it's very kind of mid-tempo and bouncy yeah everyone's singing along all the time like actually i use sometimes i hate it because fans throw like literal airheads on stage at us like the candy or whatever yes yeah okay but uh and that was like happening for a while and it got kind of old but free tour candy I know. <laughs> Until we just had like way too much of it. But yeah, like I, I still really like playing that song. Um and like it's a weird song. Like I don't I don't think people no one really knows this. I mean we've talked about it before, but like it was actually written the lyrics and like we changed some of the melodies and stuff, but it was actually written by this guy named Kent who like we recorded all of our like first eps with in like okay. 2011 and he would he had like he had this song and it was a country song and it was called airhead and it was like the same kind of the same song but a country version and i was like dude like are you ever gonna release this like this is an amazing song <laughs> at least i thought and then um we had written all the music for our airhead um and we're really stoked on it and we were like bouncing around vocal ideas and i was like we should just do kent's version like airhead and um and it was like kind of weird because we had never done that before like we'd never thought about like co-writing or like having someone else write our music because we just always written it all um yeah but he was like a really good friend of ours and it it worked perfectly and i like i there's no i'd never had any shame in that you know like it was just it just worked seamlessly and yeah that's awesome yeah, kind of a weird story but yeah no that's great so is he like credited for writing that then and yeah. whatever and yeah for the lyric like the lyrics and yeah we like changed some of the melody um ideas and wrote more lyrics uh because it was just like a quick like one minute song that he had but yeah and like the music was completely different as well i'd actually love to hear that version now (laughs) yeah yeah well it's yeah like you said it's a fun bouncy song like i don't get any kind of deep lyrical meaning but that's Mm -hmm. okay like sometimes you just need a song to to sing along to and i guess in this case a country song to to sing along to and yeah (laughs) probably came from making some bad decision or something like that i'm guessing <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah right on yeah let's move on uh, to the next one so from the album vacation which was released on september 15th 2017 so this album seems to incorporate some different elements and dynamics to it you know it feels a bit more open and spread out kind of as i was listening through it and you know not as upbeat and bouncy as colorblind which isn't a bad thing you know and I, so i'd love to hear kind of what you guys were hoping to achieve on this album and kind of how it all came together, you know, what had you learned since Colorblind and what were you hoping to, to do with this one? Um, yeah, like we definitely, this one was really cool to do. We went down to LA and spent like six weeks there and lived there. It was like such a fun experience um, for us being from Canada to like yeah, be able sure. to do that, kind of like a bucket list thing. But we definitely learned a lot like about songwriting and and 
yeah, basically just how to write better songs from the colorblind process. And we definitely just like wanted to level up a bit on vacation. So um, we spent a lot more time writing and preparing for it. And we did a bunch of pre-production with like different people um, in Toronto, in the States. And then, so like by the time we went into that record, it was just like, all pretty much dialed in and ready to go mm. and we really quick and we had so much time that we like wrote a couple extra songs um and so it was just like a, a really good experience in in that sense and yeah just like the recording process was really really great like mm. just a, a really good experience to to be able to be down there yeah who did you guys record this one with this one was with um a producer named mike green Oh yeah. And he did it was kind of split between him and a guy named Kyle Black who Yeah, mixed, man. Two amazing he, guys. Yeah, he actually mixed uh Colorblind and Vacation. So Okay. We kind of that was another thing that was really cool. We we recorded it in such a like kind of strange way where we did we would like finalize the song with Mike and we would finalize like three songs and we re- would record um guitar like rhythm guitar bass and vocals for three songs with mike and then we would go to kyle's and record the drums and lead guitar and like just finish those three songs then go back to mike do the next three songs and so it was like kind of going back and forth a lot which but it was cool because you got you get to just like focus on one song at a time kind of thing yeah that's awesome um made it like more exciting and gives you time to like think of more ideas and yeah, yeah it's just really cool yeah did it come together fairly easily like did you feel pressure with the second one or you know did you feel like you had enough time to to really um, do what you wanted i mean i feel like there's definitely pressure like the second record um i feel like there's always pressure around that but we were also just like touring so much before that that we had a lot of time to write and we made sure we like spent a lot of time writing. Like I said, we did pre-production with a bunch of people and we just really wanted to be prepared. So um, there was definitely pressure, but I also think that we were fairly prepared going in, which was nice. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Let's talk about uh, these two songs that you picked. So the first one is London. She wants to move to London. She's got her big plan. She's got a year's rent. She's got friends there. She needs a change of scenery.
this referring to uh, London, Ontario or London, England? <laughs> uh, London, England. Actually. Please don't go to London, Ontario. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it could be there. It could be there. Yeah. Um, yeah. Why is this a favorite song? Um, again, like live, it's one of my favorites. Yeah. It's just has like a lot of energy and, and the crowd is always like really singing along to it. Um, just like the chorus is kind of made for like a sing along and yeah, yeah definitely. It's, just, it's just a really fun song to, 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 to do live, but like we also had a really good time um, writing and, and recording it. Like this is one of the first songs we wrote for the record. Um, and yeah, like it just, it's kind of one of those songs that just from a songwriting perspective, just like came together very, very quick. Yeah. It was like, made the riff and then everything kind of fell into place after that. And we, it was also one of those ones that we kind of knew or hoped right away that it would be like a single and a, and a, and a fan favorite. So, yeah. And I'm not sick of it yet. So, yeah, well, that's always a good sign. <laughs> yeah. yeah. When you guys are writing and maybe this kind of seems like a, a weird or two sided question, but kind of how much emphasis do you guys place on how a song will feel live? You know, I know that's a huge thing, but I mean, you also go into an album kind of assuming like, okay, we're not going to play all 10 or 12 of these songs live. So mm-hmm. how do you kind of, you know, what, how is that conversation when you guys are writing and, you know, piecing ideas and music together? Is it like, okay, we need to change this because we know this will be a live one, right? Because you, you kind of go into it with your hopes, but part of it is kind of the response, right? Like you might write something that's like, this is going to be a live one. And maybe for some reason fans don't like it or vice versa where, you know, so how does that kind of play together for you guys? Yeah, like I think after we recorded Colorblind and then went and toured like a shitload, we kind of started, I started thinking about that more because before I didn't really think about, oh, is this song going to be like good live or is this song going to not do well live? We just kind of like, we just wrote the songs and that was it. Um, but based on all those tours we did, you could kind of see like you said, where like some some songs may just not do as well live. So on this rec on vacation, we definitely tried to like at least think about it a little more. You know, like this part would be better like this for a live setting, or this is like this could be like a really good sing along. And yeah, like we definitely it it definitely just made us think about it more. And there was definitely a lot more emphasis on that. And actually, like. Mike Green would always say like, oh, this needs like a, this is a crowd go woo, crowd goes woo moment. Like mm, just like, yeah. he would be like, you always need something like that in a song, whether it's like a riff or a hook, um, but you just need that. So yeah. we definitely thought about it a lot more. Well, I've, you know, I've heard so many other bands talking on their podcasts about songs that, you know, they kind of put together a last minute or they almost didn't even put it on the album. And then that ends up being, you know, this huge single or a fan favorite. And so it's it's such a curious thing, right? Where it's like, you know, you're so immersed in it that maybe sometimes it's even kind of hard to know, right? Because you're, you know, you're focused on the actual playing and all the arrangements and, you know, yeah, all the absolutely. specifics that go into actually putting a piece of music together that sometimes it's kind of hard to really, you know, pull yourself back and, and kind of see those things. And I mean, lots of it's just kind of chance and whatever too. Right. So no, yeah, absolutely. And like that, what you just mentioned actually happened to us on this record. Like we, because we had six weeks down there and we like, we finished the whole record pretty quick. So we just like wrote a couple more songs and like the last one we wrote was something wonderful, which is like Mm -hmm. a single on this record. And one of it's probably our biggest song, at least in terms of like streams, and it was just like completely last minute thrown in. Yeah, so, it's so crazy how that happens. Like, I know. I know. Let's just be one of those things. But yeah, the next one you chose is Car Seat Magazine.
trying to be a coward I'm just trying to face the choice that lingers here I'm not trying to be a coward But we've disconnected You'll forget me like the magazine Behind the front seat heavier live and just like fuzz it up um but this one isn't like it's not it's never been like a really big fan song like it wasn't a single it um we talked about it but never did it and um we play it live like here and there but it's just like we got we actually like got together to jam i don't know a couple months ago when we could um in Toronto for like the first time and we played that song and we were like, damn, oh, yeah. like, that song's sick. We just hadn't played it in so long. And it's just an, it's just another really fun one to play live. And like I just really like the as the guitar player, like I really, really like the guitar part. Um and it was another one like when I wrote that, I was like, this could be really sick. Yeah. Um, yeah, what do you find inspires you the most as a guitar player? You know, when you're writing and are, are you like the main guitar player or writer of songs? Yeah, you, for the most part, um, both. So, yeah, like in terms of guitar playing, like, I don't know. I It all depends because sometimes I like I'll write a song without the guitar in mind, really, and just like basic chord progressions and stuff. But um, I really like for this song, like the main riff and for London, the main riff, like when I, whenever I like write something like that, it, it really like makes the whole songwriting process easier and like everything kind of comes together. Um, and I guess that's inspiring, but, and sometimes I forget, like I'm, I'm as a songwriter way too focused on like the melodies and the lyrics and um, sometimes forget that like, guitar riffs are like very important and also yeah. sick <laughs> yeah well yeah it's <laughs> a lot to, to play it's a lot to keep up with when you're trying to think of all these how all these different parts will play together and but yeah you're right you want to you want to have something that's going to immediately grab the singer or not the singer the the listener and and yeah. just kind of pull them in right and then you can add all those different elements and layers after that but yeah, there's got to be that kind of one thing. So do you find, you know, pressure with that or does that come fairly easy to you? You know, like just ideas and melodies and stuff like that? I feel like it comes fairly, I mean, sometimes it doesn't come easy for sure. Um, but I feel like we've just grown a lot as like musicians since the beginning and it's just, we kind of have like a formula now and, um or not a formula but just like a, a much better sense of yeah. how to write songs so it definitely comes easier than it did and we also like work with like great producers now who yeah for sure it's great to like write with them and bounce ideas off them so yeah yeah well to have that yeah kind of outside ear that can kind of help you know rein it in or give you other ideas and yeah that's that's not a secret that producers are often you know an additional member to the band and just really helping in so many huge ways. So that's, that's great. You've had the opportunity because I know that's not always the case. Sometimes, you know, even fairly big bands, right. Where they, maybe they go to a new producer with these high hopes and then it kind of falls through a bit. And it's like, Oh man, we really didn't have that person who was really invested in, you know, making the best project, right. They just kind of wanted to get you in and out. And yeah, it's, it's good if you can have a positive experience with that, right. It's just, such a added help to the band yeah we've been like really really lucky with everyone we've worked with has been great over the years and 
like we've continued to work with pretty much everybody. So, um, yeah, it's, it's been great. Like even like, so the, our last record we did with Anton the lost who did our very first record before we were on a label or anything. Um, and it's kind of like, we've grown together and we can go back and he's like, our, he's like one of our best friends and it's just very easy and natural to like do a whole record with them. And it's the same with Derek who did the, who did colorblind and Alan who's worked with us a bit. And we haven't really worked with Kyle and, and Mike um, as much since because they're in LA, but right. um, like working with them was fantastic. And there was nothing weird or bad about it. You know, it was just like all positive. So yeah, awesome. we, we've, we've been really lucky. <laughs> Yeah, let's uh, get into this last release here. So Big Vibe was released October 16th, 2020, so almost a year ago. You know, again, this album brings a change in dynamic, you know, leading a bit more heavily into what seems kind of like 90s-influenced alternative with still a very strong pop-punk sensibility. You know, man, this album, like, kind of caught me off guard. I don't know kind of why. Like, I remember seeing when it when it was going to be released and the single, and, and I was like, okay, yeah, new Seaway, and... And I don't know, man, this album is just like one of my feet. Well, it was on my top 10 list last year and Sick. I just keep going back to it over and over again. And yeah, just, I don't, I don't know. There's something so fun about it. And yeah, just like I said, some of those different influences that at least I kind of hear, I don't know if that's right or not, but um, yeah. How had the, you know, two to three years between vacation, this album, you know, shape the band, what was influencing you during this time of writing this album? I think like we had definitely grown a lot of, as people in between both those releases and had kind of toured very, very heavily to the point where like we were all exhausted. So um, it was really nice just to like take time on this one and not rush into it. Um, Cause we had talked about doing it earlier and, I mean, to be honest, we probably toured on the on vacation for too long and kind of burnt mm -hmm. us out. But um, we decided to just like take our time with this and not rush it. And it, I think, it really paid off. And um, it was it was really fun because we did it. We did it in Toronto, and we kind of didn't have a set timeline. Like we had a bunch of studio time booked, but we just like, because we're at home, we can like go in and out of the studio and just take yeah. as long as we want with it. So it was, it was really fun. And in terms of like, in terms of writing it and like you, like you said, like there's a lot going on, there's a lot of different influence. And I think it was just on this one, we were kind of just like, let's just do whatever we want. You know, <laughs> like, cause in the past we had, we had written, kind of different songs then they're like oh no this isn't seaway like it doesn't really work let's make it more like pop punk or whatever but this one we kind of just said like screw it and um it was nice like working with a or, like with anton he's always down on that and like we just it was just a little bit more like free than the other ones mm -hmm. you know um and i think it it really helped the record too that way yeah well i mean it's still I think sometimes the hard part is, you know, you want to progress, but how do you still kind of keep a listener? And yeah. I mean, it, it's so catchy that even if it's, you know, not as, you know, pop punk or whatever, it's still a super upbeat and memorable that it still feels like it fits within, you know, that bracket so well. And, and so, yeah, I don't know. There's just so, so much good about it. Like, yeah, let's talk about the, the title track, Big Vibe. It's a big vibe rushing Shit. 
Do you kind of remember creating this song? Yeah, this one was like really fun to write. I I had just like had a demo that was like kind of the outline of the song, but not really. And it's this was like later, kind of later in the record. We had finished like all of our pre-production and we had I still had a bunch more demos, and we were trying to figure out if we should do like one or two more songs. And we're like, okay, well, let's just like check this one out and try to make it work. And like, we literally spent all day in the, in the studio, just like kind of (laughs) recording this like simple, simple chord progression, but it was just like, it was almost so simple that it was very difficult to like, Mm, yeah. It just like, when it's that simple, the melodies have to be amazing. And it's just, it's, it's almost harder to write. Um, and we kind of spent all day with it and it was definitely like 80s rock inspired the entire time and it was kind of trying to uh stay on that line or stay on the right side of that line of it being like really 80s cheesy or not um yeah but yeah we just like spent a like half a day working on it and then something clicked and then we just like had the song you know like we we wrote that we wrote the the melodies for the verse and the chorus and then the next day we came back with like lyrics and it was done and then it and when that happened we were all just like okay this is going to be a single for sure like such a like it's probably this one and miss david are probably like my the two favorite songs that we've ever done now we haven't played them live but yeah yeah it's gonna be there uh yeah yeah, yeah, so yeah, let's talk about Mrs. David. Yeah, we were catching up on Monday's news. With every sip out of your mug, I knew, I knew. Time is running out and crowding the room. Oh, my bad for you, my bad for you. Took a trip down to the coast and you
this one come together as quickly as as Big Vibe? What's the story behind uh, whoever this Mrs. David is? Kind of. It's (laughs) kind of similar, actually. This one is actually like the exact same as Something Wonderful, where we did it after. But in this case, like the whole record was done, and then COVID happened, and we were just sitting there like with no no kind of plan on releasing it because we had no idea what was going on with COVID. Like it was very early on. Um, Cause we recorded this in like February, January, February, the whole record. Okay, yep. And we had finished the record and it was getting mixed or it was in the, it was in the process of getting mixed. Anton was doing it. So there was no, like, it's not like we sent it off to someone to, and there was like a hard deadline on that. And yeah. I like just kept writing songs throughout COVID and for the first couple months. And then I just like showed the guys like I have this idea and then uh, for two songs and it kind of got to a point where we could like, you could go see people a bit like we weren't in full lockdown. Right. So uh, we just like, I went over to Anton's with a couple of the guys and we, like demoed this song out and then we're like okay well we have time like let's just do it so we recorded that whole song like after the entire record was completed months later and it was another one and it came together like pretty quick because we all really liked it and yeah we're like now i couldn't really imagine it not being on there yeah no kidding yeah is is there a story behind the title is that a person or something or just a um it is a person but we've never really talked about who it is. So. Okay, so everyone needs to go look up Mrs. David on Facebook and <laughs> yeah. just message everybody with that name. And <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Super yeah. common name. Yeah, what's it been like? I mean, yeah, with COVID, I mean, you, you've got an album out that you haven't been able to tour on at all. Like, how do you process yeah. that? And, you know, do you guys have any tours booked or what's kind of coming up for you guys? Or um, Like, we have we had we were gonna maybe do slam dunk and then it kind of fell through um we were going to do a u.s tour but it just didn't really work out and it kind of felt a bit soon when we got offered um because it's kind of we can't even drive into the u.s yet right right yeah um and we have we have like our holiday show booked in in december and that's basically it for now um but it is weird like having released this record and then not doing anything with it. Um, but it was kind of one of those things where we either waited till like spring this year or like summer this year to release it and sit on it for like a year or just release it when during the pandemic. And we kind of all just agreed, like, let's just release it. People are at home yeah, doing nothing like might as well just release it because if we wait a year, we're gonna we're gonna get sick of it and we're not gonna want to release it or we're yeah. gonna want to keep working on it or whatever. So I don't know. It's tough because we could have just waited and then started touring now on it, but I don't think there's any regret any regrets. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, like you said, people are at home. I mean, I wasn't necessarily working from home as much, but I mean, yeah, you know, you have lots lot more time to listen to music and. So hopefully by the time you guys do get on the road, you know, everybody will know it and it will just kind of feel familiar even though it's, you know, been a while. And yeah. So, yeah, no, it's a, it's a crazy time and I, I hope things turn around soon that you guys can get back out there. And cause I'm sure that's hard as a musician to kind of be stuck at home and, you know, just filling time and, you know, you're wondering, you know, are people forgetting about us or are we missing opportunities and you know, all those kind of things, but yeah, absolutely. Can, yeah. What can you do? Right. But yeah. Awesome. Well, I really appreciate your time today and yeah, it's been great uh, talking with you and hearing some stories behind the songs and albums and yeah, hope nothing for the best for you guys and that you guys can get back out there and, and spread, you know, this album because it's, it's super good. I'm, I'm already excited for whenever you're able to get back to Regina again and I'll be there. Oh yeah. No, thank you. Thank you for having me. This is fun. I haven't, I haven't uh, necessarily really talked too much about th- about this album uh, in a while, so yeah, this is fun. And yeah, I, I hope we can, I hope we can get back out to uh, the prairie soon because it's yeah. always a r- really good time. I don't know if it's the most desirable area out of anywhere, but 
we'll take what we can get here because we don't get a lot so yeah i mean going touring canada is awesome and we have a good time in saskatchewan for sure so yeah awesome man yeah well yeah we'll uh keep in touch and again thanks so much for your time much appreciated yeah thanks man have a good one